Rabbi Yaakov Bieler, Kent Mill Synagogue, Silver Spring, Maryland, looking at Shabbat as a multifaceted religious experience. Well, first on Simchat Torah, and then as part of the Torah reading for Parashat Breshit, we are introduced to the first verses in the Torah that discuss the mitzvah of Shabbat, chapter 2, verses 2 and 3. And God completed on the seventh day the creative work that he had done. And he rested on the seventh day from all of the creative work that he had done. And God blessed the seventh day by Kadeshoto, and he sanctified it. Because in it he rested from all of the creative work that he had created, that God had created to do. It's important to keep in mind that these two verses in Parashat Breshit comprise only the first of eight different places where Shabbat is mentioned in the Torah. Once in Breshit, four times in Shemot, once in Vayikra, twice in Vamidbar, and once in Farin. In Shemot chapter 16, as part of the miracle of the manna, double portions would appear on Friday, and the people were instructed that neither were they to go out looking for the man on Shabbat, an apparent reference to the prohibition against carrying, nor could they prepare any of this food on the holy day. In effect, their first introduction to the need to do all cooking and baking prior to Shabbat's advent. Later in Shemot, as part of the Ten Commandments, appearing in chapter 20, to be repeated in the Torah's second iteration of the Ten Commandments in Devarim chapter 5, we are commanded not to perform creative physical activity on Shabbat, as well as assure that our family, servants, and livestock likewise not engage in Lacha, as a commemoration of God's having rested upon completing the creation of the universe, as well as our exodus from our status of slaves in Egypt. In chapters 31 and 35 of Shemot, as part of the directives concerning the construction of the tabernacle, the Torah states that Shabbat is to be observed with these biblical sources, thereby serving as a basis, among other things, for the rabbinic derivations that on the one hand work even on the tabernacle was not to take place on Shabbat, and that the 39 paradigms of Melacha will be drawn from the creative activities required for the Mishkan to be built. In Vayikra 23, Shabbat is placed at the head of the list of the holidays that comprise the Jewish calendar, being considered on equal par with the Regalim, Rosh Hashanah and Yom HaKippurim. Vamidbar 15 describes the incident of the individual who presumes to gather wood on Shabbat and the severe punishment meted out to him for having done so. When the various particular sacrifices for the various special days of the year are listed in Vamidbar 28, once again Shabbat and its sacrifices appear at the head of the series of occasions. On the one hand, we might conclude as a result of these numerous references to Shabbat that this particular mitzvah must be of considerable importance, since the Torah saw fit to mention it so many times in so many contexts. But it's also interesting to note the different contexts that allow for Shabbat to be discussed. Firstly, the occasion that marks the completion of the divine creation in the first instance of time being sanctified. Secondly, in association with God providing sustenance and man's utter and relatively passive dependence upon divine concern and support. Thirdly, a manifestation of the fundamental commandments whereby man worships and shows obeisance to God as creator and redeemer. Fourthly, a means by which man's creativity, even when carrying out the commandment to build a mishkan, is limited every seventh day in order that he not lose sight of who the true creator is. Next, that despite Shabbat's weekly observance, it must be viewed as a major holy day, at least as important, and probably more so, than all the other commemorations throughout the Jewish year. And finally, that serious consequences result from Shabbat violation. Unfortunately, we often suffer from the syndrome of being unable to see the forest for the trees. In other words, that we either concentrate so extensively upon the halachic nuances of a particular dimension of Shabbat, or focus our attention on the particular week's parashat hashavuah that might happen to contain one of these eight very different references to Shabbat, that the multifaceted nature of this special day often, if not always, escapes us. If we would make the effort to keep in mind that our Shabbat observance includes theological assumptions, 
realizations about our relationship with God in terms of our food supply and sense of independence, mitzvot between man and God in contrast to those that delineate our responsibilities to our fellow man and to ourselves, the degree of control that we have over our work and life choices, how time should be devoted on a regular basis to recall aspects of the history of the universe as well as the Jewish people, and the impact of communal as opposed to individual Shabbat observance, our religious and spiritual experiences could prove to be so much more meaningful and inspiring. It would be possibly worthwhile to perhaps continue to discuss at the Shabbat table this week how a multidimensional understanding and thinking about Shabbat observance, both from the perspective of Torah Shabbat, as we have just briefly noted, and Torah Shabbat with respect to the nature of Shabbat concepts such as Malacha, Kiddush, Muktah, Udin Dachol, etc., would enhance how we think about and experience each week's Shabbat observance. The Balei Musar identified Hergel, routinization, as something that saps the vitality out of religious observance. By striving to think about the multifaceted aspects of our religious practices, such as Shabbat, we can go far to prevent the mechanical, unthinking mindset that in turn leads to boredom and alienation. Let us dedicate ourselves as the cycle of Torah readings begins anew to seek new and multiple dimensions to our understandings and practices and thereby reach new heights as well as depths of spiritual experience. Shabbat Shalom.